0: Welcome to Get Gig Ready. If you're a music maker emerging or early in your career, or even a veteran looking to brush up on the basics, we're here to get you close to some amazing local talent to help amp up your skills. Get Gig Ready is presented by City of Ride, Lane Cove Council, the Live Music Office, Music New South Wales, and 2SER, with support from Macquarie University. Today, I am joined for our season finale by local retro funk heroes, the Soul Movers, Lizzie Mac, Murray Cook, who have just put out uh, what they're describing. As the Three Cheese Pizza EP, uh, not putting it down, which, as, as I mentioned to you before we began, I absolutely love as a title. Talk to me, what are the three cheeses?
1: Murray's pointing at me, Felix. <laughs> so I'm going to say Gorgonzola straight out of the gates. What's your favourite cheese, Murray? Mozzarella. Can't do a pizza without mozzarella. A bit, of bu- bit of buffalo. Now, we, now we're missing the United States. And it's been a while since <laughs> caught up. So, it's been a whole album since we caught up. We was we were eating a lot of three cheese pizza last time we spoke, Felix. But this one is definitely about mixing a track. Um, the EP consists of the same track, recorded in three different studios, in three different states, mixed by three different producers with three generations of Australian musicians on them. We've got Nick, Nadine Birchell from King Ibis in WA, mixed at Sundown Studios over to Record Works in Queensland where we had Jeremy Oxley from the Sunny Boys on Guitar and down here in Sydney we had Tony Mitchell, bass player from Sherbet. So we've had um, many decades of working musicians across those three tracks just to keep a different flavour in each different studio but um, also because from everyone's uh, perspective, they were loving the track so much, it was moreish enough for us to do that with it and it's also two and a half minutes long so <laughs> you know it is something that we we figure wouldn't annoy people if they had to hear it three times oh yeah the side.
0: I mean that's always a great thing As like a fan of music is having a variety of choices of which cheese of song you prefer <laughs> whether it's you know the live version or the you know stripped down acoustic version and you've presented that up front with this EP and I also think it's a really great case looking at like a bit of a musical journey, which is what I wanted to talk about today. Uh, I wanted to start with the Soul Movers, first of all, Lizzie, and with you, because... One thing that's really interesting to me about the Soul Movers is that the project had essentially come to a stop uh, before it was resurrected in the current form that we know today. And I was talking with a collaborator over the weekend about what incredible levels of necromancy some artistic projects require to be brought back from the dead. So, you know, why was it the Soul Movers that you chose to, to bring back rather than creating something new? What was it special to you about that retro 60s Sound.
1: Well, it'd have to be Murray to um to answer that one, actually, Felix, because he was the one who suggested it. Um, and I think also there was something probably a bit exciting about filling Dennis's tech, Dennis Tech's boots as well. I mean, his boots I happen to know for a fact are a lot smaller, but they're still Beetle boots. <laughs> and um being Radio Birdman, being such major rockers and a um, big part of the live music scene, when Murray was first out there chasing it as a young, wide eyed, mad music fan, not that that's changed. Um, I think. Just the young bit. He was excited <laughs> you know, post Wiggles um, to join a band that had a bit of, um, you know, excitement or something about the music. And, and he noticed that it was up on blocks and he approached me. So.
2: Yeah, I've heard their first album that um, uh, Dennis and, and Liz did and and uh, I didn't really know.
1: On the inside. On the inside, sorry. Yeah. <laughs>
2: and uh, I didn't realise that Lizzie was a singer. I'd seen her around at gigs and we knew each other to say hello and when I heard her sing I was just blown away. And so initially we just got together. Uh, she was kind of do- doing a bit of jamming with some other musicians on a Saturday afternoon. She said, come along and play. And um, I did and then it, it it worked so well and we were so happy with the results I, I said well why don't we play some of those great songs from that first album uh and
1: instant set list
2: yep yeah, and resurrect the the um the name and um but write some new stuff and and see where it takes us and uh um it's it's been great this is we've done three albums together and now this ep and um yeah so it's kind of an interesting way so it wasn't Really, Lizzie's decision, um, I mean, it was her decision to go along with me, but um, I was kind of the catalyst, I guess.
1: Mate, his boots were so much better than Dennis' boots and he had like 50 (laughs) different pairs and cars to match every single one of those pair of boots. I'm like, I'd be crazy if I knocked that guy back. I'm, quite-
0: I'm going to have to keep an eye on Murray's boots from now on. I have <laughs> to admit this has is, this is flown under my radar.
1: Once you start looking, look out for the purple suede ones, just saying. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, I guess the thing that I wanted to, to take on from there was that after leaving the Wiggles, Murray, for you, um, coming back, I think that going into a project like the Soul Movers, as uh, Lizzie said there, was very much a case of you being a music fan, you know, not worried about having the most successful financial follow-up to the Wiggles. Why, after reaching the success that the Wiggles had, is it still so important to you to be grounded and appreciate what got you into it in the first place?
2: Um, I think because I've never really lost that, even in the Wiggles. um, You know, we did it out of love more than anything. You know, it was very successful, and obviously we did it for as long as we did because of that. But um, for me, music has been the sort of... uh, centre of my life, really, um, since I was a, a, a young child. And um, I've just never really lost that. I love getting up on stage. I don't, you know, I don't mind if it's 10,000 people or, or you know, 10 people. I'd prefer maybe one so or like 200. To be good. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, mostly we're playing to pretty good crowds. And, I, you know, I just love it. I just get it. It brings me joy. Mm-hmm. And I love it when it brings other people joy as mm-hmm. well. So it's, I, um, it's, it's like my, my lifeblood, really. I, I, I don't think, I'll ever stop doing it.
0: Yeah, I think something that's really interesting about the Soul Movers in particular is that compared to so many other bands that I know, I hear the name the Soul Movers, and you know maybe it's worn on to me because I'm so familiar with the music at this point. But when I hear the Soul Movers, I, I recognize the feeling that is meant to be inspired in it. It's right there in the title, right? And I, I think that there's something really special about having that upfront image to the band. Is there a bit of a burden when you make music to always fit to songs that move the soul? Or is that something that just comes naturally because of the music you've enjoyed over your lifetimes?
1: I think it's both of those things. And that's a very astute and nicely framed question there, Felix, because you can only really um conjure through your musical DNA. So we are the sum of our parts when it comes to, you know, Murray and his passion for the Beatles or, or you know, the whole um catalogue that comes with his? Growing up listening to certain music, and me with my strange mix of, you know, everything from the Ramones to Elvis to Buddy Holly to you know Blondie. So I guess what we paint with, you know, our variety of little paintbrushes, um, you know, hopefully means that we have listened to a lot of soul-moving music ourselves since you know since we had ears, and and really what we hope is to, you know, reproduce on a different level. with different ingredients, obviously our bands, you know, that same effect that music had on us. So the one thing we do in terms of quality control is not make a lot of the songs that just come with a flimsy idea feel to it. Yeah, yeah. Like right from the get-go, um, not putting it down just felt really important and it was also a really easy birth. Um, It was also serving the purpose of keeping us sane through lockdown. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, we knew that just over the months that we that song sort of came together very quickly into a home demo and then split into those three different studios where we were because I was actually back in Western Australia to record the vocals with Nadine um, at that point in time. But, um, you know, once once we got through the lockdown, we realised we were pretty much singing that song night and day around the house, you know, doing the washing up, walking down the street, and everyone who had contact with it was saying, God, what an earworm that song is, you know. So, it, it, you know, a song that has the ability to support the soul, to keep your mind and body together, (laughs) to to infiltrate other people's, you know, minds so easily, Um, and also because it's got a peaceful feeling about it too, I think. You know, they're the kinds of songs we like to write. I think this one is probably a little bit more um, nourishing maybe than other songs and it's probably a bit, um, it's more like a hug. You know, it's got some really nice warm qualities to it. Um, there's no screaming in it, which I really enjoy. There's no belting. There's no loud shrieking,
0: uh-huh, which is uh-huh.
1: really nice for my voice at this stage of my career because, you know, other albums have not been so kind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And, you know, I guess I think I like the idea of um, singing softer songs at this stage. So, um, yeah, look, I I, um, I know that within the couple of sets that we usually present at our live shows across those different albums, people always have that look of being soul moved. And, uh, you know, the comment comes up again and again that, you know, the name's perfect for you guys because you've definitely shifted my energy. So I don't have any doubt that that's what we do, but I, I know that, you know there is energy, energy shifting and a bit of conjuring and a lot of energy, like stage energy that goes into that. Murray, he's you know his his shirts aren't sweated out as much as they were in the Wiggles, but he definitely <laughs> gets pretty warm on stage. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I guess Murray, you know, with songs like uh what you did with the Wiggles that have become so ubiquitous in international culture, is there anything that you almost like? clench when you hear it these days. Cause I know that there's a lot of musicians that I'm friends with and fans of who just, just can't listen to their first album anymore. They're like, I am sick of that song and I never want to hear it again. How do you have that relationship with songs that are so well regarded by the public and also with songs by the soul movers? Do you have a different relationship to those pieces of music or is it all just stuff you're proud of?
2: Mostly just stuff I'm proud of with, with the Wiggles, you know, unless I'm getting back with them, I don't actually hear a lot of those songs now that my children are grown. <laughs> <So I don't laughs> go, just,
0: wait. just wait until the grandchildren, then, then you're in trouble.
2: Look, we, we, they, I could probably find some, some wiggle songs that I'm not, um, not that I'm not proud of, but that I don't really like to listen to. Um, but that's just because we did so many. I, I, I think the, the current line of the Wiggles are up to, Album fifty five or something like that. <laughs> um, so there's a lot, there's a lot out there, but yeah, I think I think with anything you do, there's always some songs you like love more than others. It's I mean it's a bit different. We sometimes call the songs our children, but the, the difference is you sometimes love some of these children more than you do with uh, human children. Yeah, yeah. So but um, no, I, I I really don't sort of look back and go, oh, I wish we hadn't done that. Or it, it's um it all came from a really good place, and that's yeah. what happens with this band too. You know we, we're we're trying to do, uh, do as you know, as Liz is saying, music to move your soul. And I think in the Wiggles we, we had a fairly um, clear agenda of what we were trying to do. So um, no, I've, I'm I'm proud of it all, really. Yeah.
1: And the other thing is too, Felix. Next year when he gets together with his old buddies and does all the reunion, the OG Wiggles reunion tour, they get to choose what's on that set list, and they've got. Oh what? yeah. Wrong. <laughs> oh. We know there's going to be hot potatoes and big red cars, but you what know. What else? Uh, well, I've seen the show a few times, and I've got to say it. it's a really good time. I am, I am
0: thoroughly <laughs> looking forward to it. Yeah, talking of that reunion, I wanted to also flash back a little bit to Revolution, a Soul Movers track that you did a music video for earlier this year. You know, some of the original dances from the, the Wiggles, the original band members. And it, it's such a strong sign that the bands are so intrinsically linked. What excites you both about having the room to both move outside the Industrial machine that the Wiggles is in some ways, but still celebrate both your own wonderful music and the impact that your network of people has had on Australia and the world.
2: Uh, well, I think the thing is, I'm always going to be seen as the the Red Wiggle. It doesn't matter what, I, like if I if I started a heavy metal band or you know, um, I, I, or if I you know, was became an actor and pl- played criminals or murderers all the time. It always.
3: I'd oh, it's the that. red
2: wiggle. Um, which is fine. And I I guess I've come to terms with that. And so I kind of operate within that framework, as in um, you know, knowing that, that that's a starting point, that everyone's going to recognize me, or you know, those who know me will recognize me as the red red, red wiggle. Uh, and then but then you move move on and and um and you do something different, and people um, accept that um mostly.
1: Can I interrupt for a second? The good thing about the shredding section in the Wiggles live show Murray always had that um what was that sequence of great guitar hooks from like everything from Stairway to Heaven to ACDC yeah
0: I'm I'm often recounted the time that I once identified it several rock songs as from the Wiggles
1: yeah so I think you know always having that as part of his um persona too um means that He's yeah, he's a red wiggle, but he was always shredded back in the back in the old days anyway.
2: And when I see people at gigs now, they quite often say, "Oh yeah, I saw you at the um, yeah at, at the Pixies at the Horton Pavilion, or I saw you, you know." So I'm I'm tall and I stand out and people notice me yeah. <laughs> in the crowd. But, uh, I, for a long time, people have known. Who go to gigs have known that that you might see Murray at, at a gig. So they're kind of aware of my my passion. And in <laughs> fact, um, uh, Bernard Zul, when he was writing for the Herald, whenever he saw me um, at a at a concert, would always mention it in the yep. review. He'd always call me Murray the Rock and Wiggle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is
0: sweet.
1: Got his stamp of approval just by him being there. <laughs>
0: I mean, I would take that stamp of approval, and I suppose I have by you being here, so thank you so much for that. Yeah, I guess the next thing I wanted to touch on is that this series is partnered with City of Ryden Lane Cove Councils, and we've been talking- a- Across this journey about, you know, beginning from the very scrappiest of the scrappy in local music and taking that journey as far as it takes you. And something that's interesting for you both is having been such industry veterans, you know, we've we've touched on the Wiggles going international a few times already. What lesson to you about being at so many different points in that industry do you think back on the most? Because that's such an immense journey to go on and so many different perspectives to see things from.
2: Um, yeah, I, well, I think the journey um, is important. Um, you know, I, before the Wiggles, I, I'd been playing in bands for over 10 years, uh, and you know. Uh, it was also a really great time for, for mm. music in Sydney and, and the rest of Australia. There was a lot of gigs. There were a lot of bands. It was just after the sort of punk hit and there were lots of little pubs that would have bands on. So you could get a gig if you weren't that great. And, you know, my first couple of bands weren't that great. <laughs> um, but, you know, we learned that our craft, I guess. I, I sometimes hesitate to say that, but we learnt, we, we did learn it. Yeah. And um, I I just look back and... Uh, take heart that that we I did learn it. You learn in in rock and roll particularly. You learn it on the job. Mm-hmm. Um, you know you can go, can go to different classes and schools and stuff, and they're great. And I don't. There's no. I have no issue with that at all because I did. I had guitar lessons and stuff when I was a kid. But really, the stagecraft, the um, uh, the musicianship, the the best thing you can do is just get out and play. And, you know, um, if if you're embarrassed, well, um, you just kind of (laughs) get Get over it. And, you know, being in the Wiggles, I got over that in a big way.
0: (laughs) I can imagine, yeah.
1: (laughs) I think that's really important. I mean, we've just had the assumption there, Felix, that, that kids can get out there and just play and play and play and play. And, you know, like the Beatles did in Hamburg basically, you 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 get your chops and then you keep them by touring, you know, but you know, there's the assumption that live venues are going to be out there. You know, there's the assumption that we're not going to be locked down. So I think that's why for musicians in the last lockdown, because last year was something, but this year was something else. You know, it seemed a lot longer and a lot more cruel, I guess, because we weren't recording an album this year, um, just the EP, but also because we just commenced uh, a six month album tour for Evolution, of which we played one show and then gone into lockdown. So, and we popped out mid. That I went, I looked at the tour post because I had one on the where I'm like, oh my God, we're in Byron next week. And Byron <laughs> yeah. wasn't locked down. So we got onto ABC Legals and they went, yeah, you've got your work payments, you can use them, go up there. And we were like, holy shit. You know, just jumped in the van and drove the hell out of Sydney and did that live show. But it really did something for our you know, mental health and souls just to get out and play our music because it is sheer torture, you know, to come off the road after touring for five, six, seven years and that's who we are, that's what we've become to being locked in a box and being told we can walk within a 5K radius, it was just, you know, it was really strange and cool form of torture. So I would say that's the thing we've got to be very cognizant of to try to protect young bands' abilities to go out there and get their chops and and earn their keep and pay their way and become the bands that they need to become because without those shows it just doesn't happen.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's definitely been something that's like come across to me over doing the back half of this series of Get Gig Ready. There's so many small local musicians who are just sitting there doing their best, making what they love, but still just waiting for things to open up again. And I guess that's a really nice transition into the last thing that I wanted to ask you, which was for not putting it down. What is the thing that you most are looking forward to getting out of and with a crowd by playing that music for the first time? Because I imagine that is going to be a bit of a liberating experience. What movement of the soul are you looking forward to with it most?
2: I guess it's a fairly joyful song um, and and it's a warm song. And so that kind of warm, fuzzy feeling, I guess, will come uh, from that song. But, you know, I, I, I've always, always said in the Wiggles that, that we're about joy and I do feel like that in the soul movers too. I, I, we want people to have fun and, and get up and dance and feel like they've had, a you know, an hour and a half of of getting away from their worries and and uh, so I think all those things.
1: For me, the actual track, you know, having been the one who wrote the lyrics, Felix, it, it's the act of shared survival that I will enjoy sharing most profoundly with that track because, you know, I must have sung those lyrics a thousand times just night and day, just I'm not I'm not stopping doing this, this is what I love, you know, and everyone got through lockdown in their own ways, whether you're a musician or a nurse or, a, you know, a teacher or a doctor or a bricky or whatever it is that you do, you had to hang on pretty damn tight to what it was that, you know, what it is you value most in life, what is intrinsically part of you, you know, that commitment to surviving it, to getting through it, to staying the course, you know, I think that's very much, you know, the core message of the song is that, you know, regardless of the world that we're living in at any particular time, then, you know, our commitment to ourselves, our commitment to our lives and what we value and who we value, um, I'm, I know that, you know, we have played the song just once, I think, down in Bulleye last Saturday and people get it. You know, the the applause is very warm. So we're playing that again in Brass Monkey to launch it next Friday and then two shows in Melbourne the following week and then three shows going up the coast, Byron, Gold Coast, Brisbane the week after that. And, you know, it's just nice to be back in the saddle again and having those weeks roll out and having those shows shows rolling out and having something new to share that brings us all together.
0: Yeah. Fantastic. And of course we will have links up on the podcast to both the Soul Movers latest tours and music and that reunion tour for the Wiggles that we mentioned earlier. Lizzie, Murray, thank you so much for joining me here on Get Gig Ready. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Jeez, Felix. Always
1: a pleasure, Felix. Yeah. Thanks for your great and thoughtful questions.
0: Thank you so much. We're going to leave you with not putting it down by the Soul Movers here on Get Gig Ready. Thank you so much for the season. It has been a pleasure joining you over the past few months. I can't wait to do it all again sometime in the future.